All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of Oilers Nation Radio. This is episode 69. Nice. 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 Of course, I want to start off by shouting out our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. Go ahead, follow them. the 69. It just took me a while to get there. Wow. Or for Sherwood Ford, of course, because they're fantastic. People go ahead and follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford, underscore the giant. And if you see Jay cruising around in the nation truck, snap a picture of that baby, post it on social media, use the hashtag nation truck, and you are entered to win a $100 gift card. Gas card. Gas card. For gifts. Well, it depends. Like sometimes gas can be a gift. It, it depending. Well, yes. It'd be a hell of a gift. Hell of a gift. Tyler, you would appreciate a gas card, wouldn't you? Always. Of course. Uh, also, Tyler, big news. You got us onto Google Play. Yes? Confirmed. Hell yeah. We are on Google Play. If you're listening to this on Google Play, high five yourself. Where else are we on? Spotify, Zoom? Apple, Stitcher. Not SoundCloud, because no one, I don't think anyone really uses SoundCloud. Man, Zoom. what about my rap career? Yeah, what is, what? Um, you know who is, never mind, I was going to say, you know who is on SoundCloud? Doesn't matter. Don Cherry? I'll, I'll, an inferior podcast <laughs> yeah, is all I'll say. Pop. Is it real life? Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah, the, the, uh, the battle lines have been drawn, Bag Milk. Have they? Do I know well, this? Well, so last night, uh, somebody mentioned that they thought that one of our podcasts, somebody had predicted we did that Nightguard pre- would beat. When McDavid. we did our preview podcast, that Nygaard would beat McDavid in a in the fastest skater, oh. and so I was doing the tweets, and so I just assumed it was us, 
And Jay came in and said, <laughs> fuck no, that was a real life thing. And so we said, we're going to have a schoolyard brawl. And then I was like, well, that puts bag milk in an awkward situation. Yeah, me and Tyler were just like hold hands. Or <laughs> oh yeah. Tyler too. I guess yeah. I don't care about either podcast. So I wouldn't really <laughs> Tyler, care. About wow. You don't care. Wow. about us. I'm kidding. I was going to say, I don't listen to either of them. You know, I'm getting really tired of the grumpy uh, Tyler character gimmick. Can't wait for your you know? balls to drop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was in a, I was hosting 10 to noon on TSN 1260. Oh, um, and a lot of people texted in and were like, Tyler, you sound so much happier when you get to be the host. <laughs> it's like, that's something to do with my ego and how I always need to be in charge. So mm. nice. Mm. All right. You're well, I'm in charge currently. here. So sorry, Tyler's ego. <laughs> <laughs> so, but first I do want to throw to my friend, Tyler, your because uh, we are going to start off with the Sherwood Ford giant question. It's up right now on our Instagram and Twitter. You can have your opinion heard there. But the question is, what's been the most surprising part of this Oilers winning streak? They're one, four, five points in five in a row, four, oh, and one. Um, it's been great. There's plenty of things to, to pick from. We got one answer on Instagram from Carter Claire Hoot. Claire Hoot. I probably butchered his name. But he said, no, that's probably it. Claire Hoot. He said depth scoring and attention to detail. Like you guys talked about last week, Irish Canadian 02 said the secondary scoring and consistency of the offense and O-Dub underscore 22 said Mike Smith staying consistent and yep. the depth scoring. But 100% on that one. So your answer would be Mike Smith? It has to be. Like the team, the fans have been real down on Mike Smith and they're not, they haven't been wrong. It's yeah, December was, December. December was one of the worst months. Yeah. But but the last four games, he's been stellar. And he's been pulled into duty when, you know, we were going back and forth. Duty, yes, nice. Um, when we've been going back and forth between the goalies and nobody's really been given any consistency. But the one thing, too, with Smith is that he's he's said that all along. that He just wanted a little bit of consistency and a chance to run with it, and he has. So it's been great. And it's been good, I think, too, for Koskinen to be able to get a little break. And uh, now he'll be reset, hopefully, too. Nick, what do you think? What's been the biggest difference for the Oilers over this last little run since uh, the game against the Flames on the 27th, really? To, well, to piggyback on what Dan was saying about Mike Smith in these past four games, his 5-on-5 five five save percentage is 930. So he is definitely, I think, surprised a lot of people. But the depth scoring, a thing that's been an issue for the first half of the season, has finally come through since that Rangers game on New Year's Eve where we nearly had a historic catastrophic collapse. We have uh, eight players. What were you going to say, Rick? I was never worried. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we've had okay. eight players not named uh, McDavid, Neal, or Drysaddle score. Uh, Archibald has three goals. Sheehan is two. Nurse two. Yamamoto two. Jason two. Cloughbomb one. Haas one. Yes. What do you want to say about Yamamoto, Rick? And I can Nuge. see your face. Nuge! Uh, oh, and, and Nuge with three goals and five assists. Thank you. There you go. So depth scoring finally coming through. Rick, Don't let Rex just turn off Rex's mic. <laughs> Don't let it happen. No, no, because we have the depth scoring has kind of sort of been there since November-ish. Like it had, it had some to catching up to do, right? To get to back to the average in the NHL. Um, going in there, we've been, we're almost, what, top 10, top 12 in, in that depth scoring. What it is, though, is that I'm sorry, but a guy who's coming oh. in and playing. <laughs> oh, six, there it is. We've waited two weeks for it. We've all been stressed about this moment. But you can't tell me that the second line looking better hasn't made the first line and third and fourth line better. Absolutely. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that it's all on 56, but I'm going to say that it's putting up player who's ready to play in that position to succeed that's kind of it's started there and it's filtered up and filtered down and then the whole team just plays better 
I like that you added though, like a player who was ready to contribute, yeah. and, I, yeah. and I like that they kept him down till January. They waited. Fair, made, I think he was probably ready to go. In, you don't know in, that. In you November. don't know that. You don't know that. But you haven't seen his, his game. Never took off. Like he didn't all of a sudden start putting up all these massive points in in November or December. Mm-hmm. Like there was around right around Christmas time. He didn't start to go off. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty consistent the whole way through. So yeah, you know, you give him a month or two to get his to get kind of get the uh, ball rolling, and then you pull him up. I would like I said, I would have pulled him a little bit earlier, but. We are where we are right Can't now. Can't argue with how they handled them, though. No, no, definitely not. It, it changes the way the matchups go, too, because you've got mm-hmm. that second line now that's just, it's a consistently a good line. Yeah, when you, the other team has to sit there and try and divide up their, their defensive forwards and, and defensemen, you can't put it all on the Connor Leon line it, anymore. Well, it's a good sign, too, when you, in the third period, when Archibald and Cassian get swapped and they still, like, they don't miss a beat. Archibald plays really well on that top line and Cassian immediately has chemistry with Sheehan. So and those lines last night were all weird in the, in the third, third period. Like yeah, I yeah. couldn't even keep up with them for sometimes. I've, you know, sometimes you'd look and you're like, oh, they must be in between a change or something like that. And other times they're line up in a face. I'd be like, whoa, I don't think I've seen you three on the ice the same time ever. The best Oilers line last night against Montreal was basically whatever line Riley Shahan was mm-hmm. on. Like I was looking up the numbers <laughs> earlier today, um, which is weird to say that the best Oilers line was whatever line Riley Shahan was on. He's on fire right now. Man. Um, yeah, but that forward line with him, Cassian and Nygaard, outshot the opposition five nothing in three and a half minutes of even strength ice mm-hmm. time uh when when it was archibald on that right side they again were the only oilers line to outshoot the opposition at five on five mm-hmm. um mcdavid's line didn't do that the second line didn't do that so yesterday was just a gutty win from the bottom six i think too i mean tyler we've talked about it on both podcasts but mm-hmm. like right now at least over the stretch especially on the road trip the Oilers have had a lot more attention to detail than we saw at any point in december they're coming back in their own zone. They're supporting each other better. They're not flying the zone necessarily, looking for long bomb passes, though sometimes it does work. Obviously, the goaltending is massive. They just have more balance Go, as well. I think going on a long road trip to start off the new year was the best thing for them. Like Going on a road trip, going to the East Coast, kind of brings the team closer together. You're, you're not, I mean, you can get a little bit distracted, but not as distracted as you can be being on a five-game homestand, right? So I think when you're looking to turn your season around, kind of going out there, getting a big win against Boston, um, that kind of galvanizes the team a bit. So I think in the long run, this is one of those intangible things you can't really quantify, but I think in the long run, it helps them. They showed up last night at the right time. And they chose the night night to take off the first two periods. We should mention that they started off horribly. It's a bit of of a trap game. You just just beat uh, Boston, Toronto. You're coming, and all of a sudden, you're going up against this shitty-ass Montreal team. Seven-game losing streak. You're kind of whatever, but really what you're doing probably is looking towards uh, Calgary. So they made a bit of a mistake and and didn't really uh, take Montreal as heavily as he should and you know for the first 20 minutes it wasn't great second period looked better in the third period they just, they took over that game first period they the Corsi like advantage was like 75 percent oh in, yeah in we were losing favor. every battle it, yeah, they were losing puck battles skating battle they were losing everything like, i think the important thing though is like looking at that game against montreal where they were on a seven game losing streak how many times have the oilers lost that game mm-hmm. to you know turn the tides for the other team i think about earlier in the season detroit hadn't won in a millennia the oilers you know Still came out flat. So even though they did start last night's game flat, didn't have a good first period, 
they grinded their way into they ground their way into a big. Mm-hmm. I'm still not even really willing to say that they were the better team last night. Oh, like third they, period, they were for sure. Yeah, third but period they took over. The Habs did a lot to make mm-hmm. sure they lost that hockey game. Mm-hmm. Like the Nate Thompson post stands out, but there was a ton of egregious giveaways and all that. Um, but I wanted to give you guys this quote from Alex Chase on via Rob Tichkowski. Uh, Chase on said there are, there are nights where you're not going to be your best, but that doesn't mean you can go out and shit the bed. And, and I think that's a great quote. And, I, and that's been something the Oilers have been good at this year is even when they're not at their best, when you look at earlier in the season or now, they would find a way just to grind out two points, mm-hmm. right? And, and last night was a good example of that. Looking back at the week that was, obviously that started last weekend with a huge win in Boston, probably one of the better opening 40 minutes that I've seen them play in a while. The last, the third period, obviously Boston turned it on. They had something like 21 shots or something stupid yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But that's a huge win. Mm-hmm. That was a huge win. And then they go, that went into Toronto where obviously we got to talk about Connor's goal in Toronto. Um, that was another know. massive win against a team that can really put up a lot of goals. I mean, it, up until that third period power play, I think, I think it was third period when Austin Matthews finally got on the board, it was Toronto's depth players that were getting stuff done mm-hmm. and their top yeah, players were, line was killing us. Were really the, the top players were kind of just kept off the board entirely and just really quieted down. So I want to talk about those t- first two wins as well. One against Boston, two against Toronto. What did you guys see in those games that you liked from the Oilers? Obviously there were two very different wins, two complete efforts, two big road games. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. Bag milk. It's the, it's the, f- the, the, the fact that the Oilers shut down, probably the best line in hockey right now in Boston. And then, uh, and then shut down the top two lines of Toronto, which is where you're going to, where you're going to get killed. And, and the Oilers have done that twice now against the Leafs. Both times the Leafs bottom six has, has been the ones to beat us. It's just that in the first game against Toronto, we just, we didn't, none of the rest of the team showed up for offense. But yeah, I think that, I think it's huge that they can come in, go up against great teams, offensive teams and, and shut them down for the most part on the top end. Like you said, even, even, even though Matthews did score, you would say that the top, the top players in Toronto weren't their best players that night. Rick, what do you think? I'm just happy they, uh, they rose to the occasion. They, didn't have a great December. They know that they didn't get too down themselves. I know a lot of the fans, you know, you kind of spin off and get a little more negative than one, but they didn't get down on themselves. They believed in themselves the whole time. They said, you know what? It is a bit, just a bit of a blip in the radar and they proved it. They came out and they took on Boston. They were the better team. They took on Toronto. They were the better team. Toronto honestly did not look that good. Toronto is very, I think it's pretty easy to beat. Just play them physical. Those defensemen cough that puck up all the time. You don't go out of your way to hit them, but if you're there with you're in a stride, hit them. Finish your checks. Make sure you do it in the first 10 minutes because I guarantee you the rest of the game, if you get close, he's going to just cough the, cough the puck up. Nick? I think, yeah, the Toronto game obviously is the more fun win. You got the the Connor goal. You got um, the, the quote about, you know, it's really fun to, to play here, but it's also fun to leave here. The finger wag, the finger wag, like that. That was the more fun game, but I think the Boston game is the more important game in the sense that Boston, it, you know, as much as people want to crown Toronto, Boston is still the, the class of that division, and are maybe other than Tampa Bay and Washington is pretty much the class of the Eastern Conference. So to get a big four-one win, like really outplay a physical team like that, I think set the momentum for what they did in Toronto. Two teams have beat the Boston Bruins in Boston this year, and it's us in Colorado. Yeah. It's huge. In regulation. It's in huge. Regulation. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, obviously, two massive wins. I want to skip ahead to the Toronto game again. We want to talk about Connor's goal. Tyler, your first thought when you saw Connor McDavid steal Morgan Riley's soul. 
oh man it, it's just one of those moments where you kind of turn to everyone around you and you're just like oh my god did you see that did you see that did you yeah, see that he had a groin injury or something so yeah how so. convenient that, that came out just <laughs> the then, day after that's probably I pointed, where he got the injury for the record I, yeah, I, I pointed it out too that same night that that injury quote unquote broke out he played the second most minutes of defense on toronto and he played two minutes in overtime. Yeah. So, like, is Toronto just running Morgan Riley into the ground? Or are they, is that a fucking made-up injury? To Back make to the, the goal. First Sorry, thoughts. Yeah. Uh, my first thought was, why, like, I was, I screamed at Connor in my head for looking around for that pass on a, you know, looking for the second guy on the two-on-one. But, of course, he was playing everybody, including myself. And then he just absolutely dangles. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Rick? There is no thought process. You just laugh maniacally. All I, that's all I could do. Literally, you just sat there and it, you just you laughed. Like there's when when Bill Daly pulled over the uh, the the golden ticket or whatever, you kind of stop and were in shock and lost my breath. This time when Connor did that, I just laughed. There was nothing else you could do. I arguably screamed loud enough that all of my neighbors heard me. There is no doubt. I was. I, I too started laughing hysterically because it was one of those goals where, like I said, he stole Morgan Riley's soul. There's Look. no, there's no words though. There's, there's not, you can't explain it. You watch it and you're just like, <laughs> you watch, yeah, he's here for the next six years. You watch the replay 50 times, just picking up something different. And like Dan said, he was looking backwards toward Nuge. Nuge is 30 feet behind him. So it's not like there was even a play there, but man, did he fucking did Riley absolutely hook, line, and sinker by that fake inside out around him upstairs? The, hell of a goal. The, the, the first move is one thing, but how the fuck does he go that fast? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. On skates. So it's like I said, it, uh, it's an NBA kind of play. He walks around a guy on skates. It's unbelievable. But then the acceleration to get past yeah. him and like just absolutely like you should be able to as Riley should be able to spin around. He's got a longer reach and you know, you should, you should be able to get there somehow. You know, you affect something, take a penalty, something like that. Morgan Riley was left useless. He was, he was a literally a pylon out there. <laughs> Nick, what do you think? Well, honestly, as the goal is beautiful, but one of the first things I did say is like, fuck, it's almost up there with the Columbus goal. Because to me, that is just still, I, I, the, the Toronto goal is amazing, yes. but that Columbus goal, and I know it was a bit of a debate afterwards, um, but yeah, that Columbus goal, I'll never forget. He first came back from injury, 19-year-old kid, and just makes the entire NHL look inferior to his skill set. I love his smile that comes out. Like it's, yeah. it, it, There's like three strides after the goal, and then that smile comes mm. out, and you're like, yep. Well, and then he was shoving with Riley right after that play and just smiling the whole way up the mm-hmm. ice. Like <laughs> Riley's just fucking dying inside mm-hmm. going on the IR because he's so hurt. It was just another one of those moments where I hope Oilers fans everywhere kind of took a second to appreciate that we get to watch him on a nightly basis because he's a very special player. It reminds me of when you'd be playing Adam or something like that. And one of the guys would bring his older brother from midget down to play in practice. And he's just dominating everybody. He's stick handling the whole team or Tyler, your check in his uh, rec league game. Fuck. I was just about to say that. <laughs> That's <the same> thing. <laughs> yeah. it, it just Connor McDavid is so special to watch and he's incredibly talented. He processes the game at just another level. How do you fake out that many people that are watching on TV? let alone yeah. an NHL defenseman. Like it wasn't a pylon that he did this to. It was Morgan Riley. He's a quality defenseman. He didn't He's do a hell it of to a skater. He didn't do it to Martin Marinson or no, some Marley who's in his first skate. game. Riley is a top 15 D-man. Man. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a hell of a goal special. Watch the highlights, cherish it. We're going to see it all year. Arguably one of the best goals of the season. Mm-hmm. Isn't 
Morgan Riley the only defenseman that Toronto has signed for next year too? That's correct. Yeah. Oh no, they just signed. Uh, uh, Marinson right, got a one-year deal. Just happened. Shout uh, out to Marty Morinson, hey? Yeah, sure. Grinding out a career for himself, and also shout out to our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Again, follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Take pictures of the nation truck, or just take pictures of Jay. He loves it. He loves your attention. He will pose. He will pose. If you ask him, he will pose for a picture. If you ask to see some ankle, I guarantee he's showing some because he always has tiny little culottes on. So take a picture of the nation truck, hashtag it with nation truck, post it on Instagram, Twitter. You are entered to win a hundred dollar gas card from our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant gentlemen. Another big story from the week is obviously Mike Smith, four straight starts. Started in Buffalo, had an 885. In Boston, he had a 972. It was ridiculous in that game. Again, I said the third period had like 21 shots against or some dumb shit. Toronto, 889. Not the sexiest save percentage, but he played well enough to outduel two goaltenders, and that's really what matters. And then last night in Montreal, he had a 946. What's going on with Mike Smith, Tyler? Um, This is what we knew we were getting with Mike Smith, right? A guy who can go from looking like an AHL caliber goaltender to a guy who can put save percentages up that would have him in the top 10 in the league, right? Like we saw at the beginning of the year, he was top 10 in save percentage. Then he fell completely off the face of the earth and everyone wanted him traded, said he was ruining the season. The negatives on Twitter (laughs) were going on and on about how Ken Holland doesn't care about icing a competitive team. Blah, 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 blah. Did you see the stat? He is... He has yeah. no games where he's between 900 and 925. He's either <laughs> above 925 or below 900. Yeah, man. And right that now is, is one, of those, one of those hot streaks with Mike Smith. Um, the thing I don't love about him is that you we all know that there's a stretch coming where he's bad again. Like even when you just watch him in these games, like against Boston, he makes some big saves, but there's moments where he's falling down in he's his crazy. Yeah, well, awkward, and, awkward. And like, you know, there was that Whoa. shot where he blockered it up in the air for half a second. It's like, <laughs> where the hell is it? Then he finds it and catches it well, like a center fielder. Even against Montreal, like that first goal, he yeah. literally just like kicks the rebound to Deneau's stick, like right onto this plate. And then <laughs> the, on Nate, Nate Thompson, he just falls down like on his stomach. He, yeah, he didn't he look, he did, he looked like he was awkward. Like he was falling over. <laughs> yeah. He did not comfortable in that. Yeah. I am always willing to cut slack to a goalie facing a breakaway. But when Mike Smith gives up that many and looks that dumb with Nate Thompson, Coming he, down the he wing, had a game though. Yeah, Nate Thompson, Thompson was actually good, which yeah. is weird as well. But um, I don't know. We know there's a down stretch coming. We know there's probably going to be another high stretch coming at some point too. Um, I would have started Koskinen last night. I still view that as a mistake from the coaching staff. But hey, what the hell do I know? I right, don't know well, how sick he is though, right? Is like he's, he's he no. They said he was fine now? before Toronto. And yeah, because they said yeah he's getting the start because of what he'd done in the last game. But is he like a hundred percent healthy? Is he Connor two years ago in November healthy? Like, how healthy is he? Yeah, when he came out afterward and Connor's like got every disease known to man and everybody's like, oh, he he lost 17 pounds in three days. (laughs) All right. So that brings that sparks another question. Tomorrow night, they have got a huge game in Calgary. We're all going down to see it. We will be there. Who starts in net for the Oilers tomorrow night? Is it Mike Smith or does Miko Koskinen get the start? I'll, I'll be the guy to sit there and go, you know what? For the majority of us, we don't know allow this to be a coaching thing. We're not there all the time, which is the one thing, but we just don't know. We sit here and say one thing and they do the other and it turns out to work for them. We say we agree with them. It does. We honestly, we just don't know. Goalies are weird. Goalies are finicky goalies. You'll never actually understand. I have a hundred percent trust in this coaching staff. You guys do what you guys uh, think is true and I'll keep yelling the stuff. I keep yelling. Wow. That was yeah, nice. Keep that in. Nicely done bag milk. Thank you. That's so, what he thinks of your take. <laughs> yeah. I think so, eh? Nick, who starts tomorrow night in Calgary? Man, it's Mike Smith. 
Got to ride the hot hand. Give him a shot to stick it to his old team. Tell Are you marking that down? Don't delete my burp. That was that was art. You want the burp in there? I'm an yep. artist. Game time. Right. Look at Tyler. Just looks oh, so Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> Someone's not. No, in no. Charge. I was also not writing so down one of these clips I want to use as a promo. So, <laughs> is it the burp? <laughs> <laughs> it's the burp, isn't it? Uh, Back to you, Nick. Anyway, um, yeah, you got to ride the hot hand. Get, let him have some redemption down in Calgary. I'm assuming Talbot's getting the start for them. He's been hot for the Flames, which is annoying. Yep. Um, so fuck it, man. Let's just go head to head. Like Let's I was watching in redemption though. Don't you say, Hey, Koskinen can bounce back from his last one. No, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm just saying, you know, the I, in, like, I like the idea of starting Koskinen. I, I don't mind it. He's, he's your, he's your guy going forward. Like, mm-hmm. like Tyler said, he's going to have a downslide. Mike Smith is going to have a downslide at some point. You give Koskinen in the net. And then if it doesn't go well, well, we go back to Smith again. It's you such know. an important game. You though. never leave the table when you're on a heater. Yeah, that's true. There's right honestly, now, there's an argument for both sides. There's yeah. when you're 50, riding the 50, rush, you'll never run away, baby. You gave us the nice disclaimer at the start. Yeah. Rick, so that we, all that we're saying right now is just fluff and fodder. We have a no idea. Wind. Coach Yaremchuk, who are you starting tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm starting Smith tomorrow, but I heard an interesting <laughs> argument he from... enters it like he's getting interviewed as the coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. He All called right. him coach. He called him coach. You better take it in. Yeah, we're not, no, we're going to go Smithers tomorrow. Uh, he's been giving us some good chances to win lately, and uh, you know the guys seem to be playing really good in front of him as well, and uh, you know it's just about playing the hot hand, and Miko knows he's going to get a look soon, and yeah, no, it's a, it's a big game. Four points on the line, obviously, with a division opponent coming up and uh, we lead. think Smithers gives us uh, the, the the best chance to win here. It is a massive game. Obviously, both teams have the exact same record right now. Yeah. And it's how weird is that? It very, like it's a battle again. Battles of Alberta that mean shit. It's pretty chasing. cool. Hey, yeah, I mean, Calgary's terrifying. Calgary should have lost last night, but fucking Talbot. Yeah. 42 saves for the win. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, it, if Arizona loses tonight, then the Division titles up for grabs tomorrow. Who do Ooh, they play? This they play. Ooh, I just. I'll beat you to a beat you to a beat you to a beat you to a. No, come on, come on. Hopefully, it's a run shot. Go, skill. Phil, 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 Phil. It'd be kind of cool if they're going to lose to Ottawa. They're playing the Carolina Hurricanes. The Carolina Hurricanes. I hate them. I like the Hurricanes. I mean, Hurricanes are a sexy team. They're fun. They they shoot from everywhere. So. Yeah. And so in and they Arizona? like, Arizona's on a back to back. So, oh man, one sec. I'm going to hammer whatever the puck line is on that game. <laughs> <laughs> so that just adds another layer to tomorrow night's game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you can battle to get back up into first in the division, that's mm-hmm. you want it. I want to talk about our trip though. So we've got two buses that were once full. We've had a little bit of a snafu. Dan, walk us through what's going on with our Finnish friends. So a uh, friend of the nation, but you know, owner of the nation, the squire got a call at 9 p.m. last night. And unfortunately, the majority of our Finns, and I mean 98% of the Finns. Back uh, up one second. What is happening first of all? So we've got a group of Finns coming yes. in. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, we're bringing in uh, 25 Finns. Uh, they're going to, we did this last year with them and they're, they're coming again. We're having some repeat visitors, but some new people as well. Uh, they're coming to town to see three games. Uh, they're also going to head over to Jasper for a hot minute to, uh, visit the, the slopes of Jasper. Um, but yeah, great so, weather for it too. Like yeah, if you're going to go skiing a minus 35 days. Perfect. <laughs> it's good. It's like plus four right now in Helsinki, just for reference for everybody. So, uh, so yeah, Jay got a call last night, 9 PM. Uh, unfortunately some of our passengers didn't have the required, uh, visas quote unquote that you need to get into the States for a minute when you do a 
do you transfer to your next flight? An um, SD visa for those of you that are you traveling. Go. I didn't want to say it out loud because I can't remember how to say it. Uh, so yeah, the SD visa. And uh, so right now our Finns are all sitting in Amsterdam. They're doing what you do in Amsterdam, which is having a few brews and relaxing. Uh, but uh, uh-huh. but they'll be uh, exactly what you do they'll Amsterdam. hopefully be meeting us in Calgary for you the start a, of the game. A nice quiet night and a yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. read yes. a book maybe. Yeah. Plane departs I think tea. at eleven a.m. is one of the one of the flights that we're trying to get them on. So the red light district, I believe, is uh, where you get hot deals. <laughs> hot deals. <laughs> So we're going down to Calgary. We leave the city around 1130, Tyler. Be at the fucking Home Depot at 1130. 1030 for Tyler. Yeah, Tyler, we're leaving at nine o'clock. Um, we're making our way down. We stop in Red Deer at the brew house. We're going to yep. have something to eat. They're going to have set up a little buffet for us. Be really nice. And we make our way down to the Saddle Dome. We're going to invade. We have got Sherpas lined up to guide us all the way up to the press level. It's a long, long walk. You getting your stairs in, Tyler? You'll grab, you'll grab two beers on the main floor. We'll start the stair walk. And then right before we get up to like our last little perch, there's another beer stop there. So we got, you'll have four. Well, you'll probably crush the two on the way up and you'll have two more when you get there. I've never been to the Saddle Dome. Yeah, you're well, cool, you're a, in for a treat, my friend. <laughs> you're not missing a fucking thing. <laughs> but you know what so, is great? The roast beef sandwiches in the VIP lounge. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's the alumni lounge, sorry, I believe. the alumni lounge. Yes. As a former flame that you are. I am a flame. LaFlon. I've been there. I'm pretty sure your picture is like on the wall now. This ma- this man is not allowed back in here. <laughs> not that they have security protecting the door anyways. <laughs> Listen, if you give me an opening into the alumni lounge, I'm going to get in. Did you, you just walk in once? Several times. Oh, yeah, no, just to it's eat? A, it's just an open area. You honestly just go up there. That's just what it's called. But then he was, uh, were you not trying to just walk into an oiler box or two? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I saw some friendly friendly faces, if you will. I saw some Oilers jerseys in the boxes. So, so I you just, just started to walk into their box. <laughs> Friends you've just never met yet. Yeah. I'm a social person when I've had a couple of cocktails. Time. Oh, believe me, re- I know. Do you remember what you yelled after the first goal? Uh, something something very... Uh, something, something about next Tuesday? <laughs> it's very cheery and positive. <laughs> the Flames fans around me were very excited to deal with me at that point in my life. <laughs> That was, yeah, no, that was after the first period we spent together too. And those guys were, yeah, no, I, honestly, I can't wait for tomorrow night. It's going to be great. There's going to be a lot of nation citizens. We're occupying a big chunk of the horrible arena known as the Saddle Dome. Round the horn real quick before we move on. Tyler, what is your score prediction for tomorrow's game against the Flams? Uh, I'm going to say Talbot starts. Oilers get to them early. Ooh. And the Oilers walk out of this thing with a 5-3 victory. Nicholas. I like that. I like a nice 5-3 victory. I like you. Tyler, I like you too. We're going to be roommates. It's very nice. Uh, here and Vegas, Calgary and Vegas. Um, yeah, I, I think a 5-3. I like a 5-3 win. Let's put a 5 up on uh, Talbot. Smith will probably have a couple couple funny little bounces go not his way. So 5-3. 4-1. And my friend 56 will have at least one point. Danger Dan. 4-3 on overtime. Oh, Jesus. I can't handle that. It's going to be Bedlam in the press level. Dude. <laughs> I am on. In OT. So OT. I'm going to preface this by saying I'm writing the GDB for tomorrow. It's the second battle of Alberta. And right now I am perfect when predicting the other team will win. Okay. Oh. So what I'm going to say is that the Flames win 3-2, but I'm doing it to maintain my perfection in my opposite world. So, so you've been a curse mm. for the opposition. Yes. 
Yes. Every time in, you've said the other team will win, the Oilers have come on. That's win. correct. Oh, that I makes, see, oh, that yeah, makes yeah, sense because you, yeah. you probably predicted the other team to win in games against like Dallas and Washington and Boston and Toronto. I did. I predicted New York Rangers would win. I predicted Boston would win. Mm-hmm. And the Oilers did. So I'm going to maintain my opposite view. Okay. Say three, two win for the flames, but because I was taking the Oilers to win and everybody was saying that I was jinxing them all through December. So I flipped it. Now I'm perfect. Let's move forward. Are you going to post Frank's pick after the game too? (laughs) So like yesterday I did, I I recorded Frank's picks. I'm doing my thing. And then I press send and it just didn't go through. And then I I check my mentions after the game and the Frank's picks, man. What the fuck? So I was like, Oh, it <laughs> went into drafts. Great Good news. He got it right after the game. Yeah. So bet on Frank. He's on a heater right now. He's on a can heater. We, can we bring him to the casino? Absolutely. Frank loves the casino. Oh, I think we have him on the craps table there. Oh, he's my luck charm. Right. I'll wear him around my neck like a ludicrous would with a giant necklace. <laughs> That'd be nice. Real, real nice. Just speaking of nice, I want to give a shout out to our friends at skipthedishes.ca because I'm hungry. It is lunchtime here in the city. If you're having a late lunch, I suppose. And... They've got plenty of good things, plenty of good things, including their commercials with John Hammer, a smash hit in my opinion, smash hit. He's got a sports room in his house. It appears Tyler and he makes Brendan. Yes. Brandon dress up as a mascot. And that's fantastic. What else is fantastic? Ordering food from everywhere. Rick oh. last, last weekend I saw you talking about skip the dishes and having a decision to make about what you were going to order. What did you end up getting? You're watching a little bit of college football, I believe. Honestly, I don't think I remember what I got that day. I've, uh, I'm a, I I like, I like the chicken. I did tweet out though. I tried to introduce our friends at skip the dishes and our friends over at Arby's. Yeah. They need to make this happen. Skip the dishes liked the tweet. So I don't know if that got the ball rolling. I don't really want to ask. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like jinx anything right now. All right. Skip the dishes. This is something that needs. they know about this now. The they people like at Arby's need your help and they, for some, whatever reason, they don't reach out to you. People around this city need beef and cheds in their hand at all times. Mm. Please. Or matzo sticks. Yes, I have two no. hands. Oh no. I have two hands. Tyler, Those matzo sticks better be hot though. Wait a minute. Like the first two are good and then yeah, you yeah, this is fast. Thing, bag milk. We stopped at Arby's before our Christmas party. We went to Axe Monkeys to throw yep. some axes. Did you get matzo sticks at Arby's? Oh, yep. for sure he did. Of course you did. Yeah. It's the only good thing on the menu. Whoa. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Tyler, shut I'm kidding. <laughs> One of those tiny little beef and cheds isn't bad. Um, the French dip in Swiss is pretty good. See, I would argue our friends are skip the dishes. Arby's isn't our friends yet. Nope. Skip the dish is trying to make it happen. They're liking Rick's tweets about it. Yeah, really? We're almost there. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling oh, wow. you, man. We're getting the fucking ball going. Arby's just has to wake the fuck up. Skip the dishes.ca. Go yourself something <laughs> to eat. You need vitamins. Look at you. You're faint. <laughs> I can see it through this, you know, whatever. We are less than six weeks away from the trade deadline. Gentlemen, the Oilers are in a spot where they look like they could be buyers. Trade them all. Trade them all. We're going to start with Londonderry. Kick rocks, Capilano. We're just saving cap space on you. What did we get for Heritage Mall? Deharnay. <laughs> we got cap space. Deharnay with that big playoff goal, though. Never lest we forget. Thank you. And um, he won the Spangler Cup this year. Yeah, he was in the Spangler team. So yep. I want to talk about the trade deadline. Uh, Jason Greger put up a article about it yesterday, OilersNation.com, with some potential targets. Guys like Chris Kreider always seems to pop up. I want to go around the horn real quick and talk about what kind of player the Oilers need 
I want to start with Tyler. Just who do you think they need? What player type? Maybe a comparable? And kind of what assets do the Oilers have that they can give up? To me, if I'm starting, I would say they don't have a whole lot of expendable assets at this point. No. So fishing in free agency or uh, fishing at the trade deadline can be a little bit dangerous unless you're getting somebody that has some term or team control left at the end of the deal, right? Yeah, and I think that last part you just said is a really big one. I, I think if Ken Holland's going to go out and make a big trade, and that means trading your second rounder either this year, preferably in 2021, um, if you're going to trade, you know, a Matt Benning, Caleb Jones, one of the young defensive prospects, if you're going to do that, I think it needs to be for a guy who's under team control for another year. So whether that's Josh Anderson, whether that's uh, let's throw a name like Andreas Athanasiu, whether it's a guy that maybe we don't even know is available yet that you could maybe get. Um, you need a scoring winger or a third line center. I'll take either one. I think either one would really improve this hockey team, um, but they need to be under team control for another year, in my opinion, because again, I don't, I'm, I don't think the Oilers are in a spot right now where they can go and trade their first round pick for two months of Tyler Toffoli. I think that's foolish. Mm -hmm. I don't think you should trade a first round pick in Caleb Jones for two months of Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. I think what you can probably afford to do is trade your second in Caleb Jones for Josh Anderson. I, I don't know if that's price is right or anything like that. Apparently Stoffer said the asking price with Josh Anderson would be nuge. That's or the same uh, package that, that New Jersey wanted for Taylor Hall. Like, come on. Um, I know Josh Anderson's young, had a hell of a playoffs. He's cold right now, though. Ice cold. And, and, and he's not, no, he's not getting anything close to what Taylor Hall got. But anyways, if you want to give up a, a couple of good future assets, get it for a guy who can help you this year in your playoff push and improves your team for, not, for 2020, 2021 as well. Nick, we're looking at the trade deadline. I want to know, first of all, part one, what player type or position are they looking for? Part two, what assets can they afford to spend? Okay, so what they need is definitely, there's been lots of talk about a third line center and it'd be nice to have a winger in the top six. Um, that being said, you know, the Oilers, what do they need? They also need uh, a number one defenseman. They also need, you know, uh, a, a 60 point scorer. They, they need a lot of things, but what they need to get at the deadline, if they can, it's more about, like you said, Bag Milk, what they're willing to give up, the asset management. And Tyler nail it on the head like trading a first round pick at this point i don't think is in the best interest of the team just for this year's playoff push now or in the future uh what's that now or in the future to trade you got like a 22 point. year old forward i think you're okay there but yeah, yeah not but like yeah you're looking at a guy like an anthony CU, uh like a you know i'd written an article a couple weeks ago i mentioned like boone jenner brandon sod's been mentioned a little bit for, out of chicago like a guy who can come in who, who can basically shoot from anywhere and can help out with the scoring. But, you know, the scoring's turning around a little bit now, so I know it's maybe not super help. sustainable, but, yeah, like a Pajot doesn't make sense if it's if it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Uh, and it will. And it will. It will. He is, like, there's talk about Duclair, but I think Ottawa wants to resign him. As far as Anthony Sioux goes, it, you know, apparently Steve Eiserman is just not a real big, big fan of his, so he is available for the right price, but... You know, Iserman's not, uh, uh, he's a bit, he's a shrewd trader and a shrewd, uh, GM. So he's not going to give a piece like that up for nothing. Um, you kind of mentioned Pooley RV before, I think, uh, Tyler. Yeah. 
I mean, that's a guy that, again, he's like, you're not going to get anything for him at this point. Yeah, I talked to Frank Saravalli today, yeah. and uh, he kind of just said, not realistic. You'd yeah. be expecting him to be dealt for a deadline asset. Yeah. Said it, it's a summer thing. It's not happening. So if you're dealing with some of the deadline, like it's second round pick, I think, is the highest. Rick, what do you think? Yeah, no, uh, we can't move that first because if you look at our forward depth behind this team right now, it is not great, and you need to use that first-round pick on a forward. Um, yeah, if you bring it in, if you want to move your second, go right ahead. But again, it's not going to be for a guy with two months left on his contract. You can. I'm still on board with this, and I may get shit on right now, but... I still look at bringing Benson up and you look at a third line and you look at a, uh, a third line centerman. I mean, I think a guy like Tyler Benson can, can get in there and fill a spot offensively in one of your top six spots right there. And you shuffle that. What that does is allow other guys to shuffle back down again, right? If you put Neil down, whoever ends up filtering down in that system. And then you just find that third line, uh, that third line center. I think that's our biggest need right well, now. If Benson comes up and plays that spot, then Nuge becomes your third line defense, third line center. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, I would be a little afraid to run with that. I'd rather see Nuge where he is. And to be fair, I like, love that line. If I had to say too. it, and that's right. And so do I. So let's just say it. I'll put Benson with um, Cassian and Connor and I would do it right away. So you know what you have in it. And if, it does, and if it doesn't work, then it might be something you have to look at in terms of uh, your playoff push and whatnot. But if it does work, then it just it filters other guys down. It just tells you what you really need to bring to, to bring in from outside the organization. So what that would do is it would take Neil out of a tough spot five on five where he doesn't necessarily shine. He can still have his power play. Keep He's still out time. there. Mm -hmm. He's still out there getting, you know, 12, 13, 14 minutes on the third line. I don't He's going to be out there with probably some faster guys. He's a big dude. He's been nailing defensemen out there. Mm, yeah. He's been able to close gaps quickly. He's not really a long distance skater, but if you're just a little bit ahead of him, he's got that little extra effort in him right now. At, if you just put him, filter him down to the third line, I think he'd be really, uh, well, really effective. The way Nygaard, uh, Shahan, and Cassian looks in the third period, if that line continues to have chemistry, then you can keep Neil up on that first line. And maybe it's McDavid, Neil, Benson there. Yeah. Because Cassian looked really good, I thought, playing with those guys. And like Tyler said, the the shot chances were five nothing on five on five. He's got to hate ice. that, though, because if he got filtered down to that spot, that's got to completely change his contract come the summer. Hey, that's... Which is great That's for the organization. It's man. perfect for the organization. And I honestly don't think they're going to butt their heads over too much of those two guys where I think nurse is going to be a lot worse. But yeah, it's going to take a couple dollars out of his pocket, but I don't think he's really overly worried about that anyways. Dan, deadline targets. See, what do you me, think the Oilers need? What do you give up? For me, I, I still think the Oilers need a guy on defense that can slide everybody down so that a Matt Benning injury doesn't really hurt us that much. But did a Matt Benning injury really hurt us? No, nope. I, I felt like it didn't. It threw a, it threw the defense of Caleb he Jones. Makes, off Matt Benning in the lineup makes us better, but I don't think we we're all that hurt without him. But my point is, is that like Nick said, Caleb Jones came up and didn't, you know, didn't excel like he did last year for sure. Um, I just think that I think that if you have an NHL talent that's in that seven spot, then it just gives a little bit more comfort for the team going forward that that a guy doesn't have to go out and force himself if he's injured to keep playing. I just think that for the playoffs, you need that kind of, you need that kind of depth where mm -hmm. we're not calling up Lajeson. Mm -hmm. and, well, and if, him if, if, if I get what I want, Benning comes in, we see what Jones and Benning look like together. And all of a sudden you've got your NHL quote unquote defenseman and Russell being your seven. 
So right now, uh, Tyler Benson, if he got recalled, he's got an NHL E of 37 points, which would be a nice little addition if he could maintain that scoring pace. However, you know, the second line looks really nice right now with Nuge, Dreisaitl, and Yamo. First line, I think anybody's lucky to play with Connor. So it's just a matter of finding mm-hmm. pieces that are adequately fitting around him. Yeah, just like a, a note on Jones. Last night, or the other night against Montreal, he was by far the worst player. He's got Chris Russell he's got to I'm deal just, with, man. Give him the, give him a quality player on me, the other side. Rick, just let me finish. So he was just by far, as far as possession goes, I'm just pointing out what it is. He's He was the worst player. 27% Corsi 4, expected goals percentage, uh, 18, almost 19%. So, and you know what? Yeah, that, okay. Yeah, he's playing with Chris Russell. You can't blame every player's problems on playing with Chris Russell. Exactly. Darnell no, Nurse played pretty Nurse, well with him does last not, year. Does, you just said Nurse and Bear make a really quality second line. Nurse played well right? with Russell last year. Yeah, but uh, they, a lot of his deficiencies were uh, were popping out during that time. Well, I mean, I don't As know. As you're trying that. to make up for those time, those things, and uh, yeah, you know what? A, a quality, know. a quality veteran is what exactly you want playing with uh, with a Jones to. So Jones can just do worry about his own game, but when you have to, it's not getting away back. Watching the game, like Jones is struggling. Like I mean, you can blame on Chris Russell if you want, but Caleb Jones is doesn't look confident with the puck. He's not skating great. Like he is struggling. Maybe playing with Russell isn't bringing out the best in him. But like Tyler said, you can't just blame it on the guy he's playing with. Like he is struggling, and so to this is just to make Dan's point. Uh, clearer that I yeah maybe bringing in another depth defenseman like uh, like an, maybe an Alec Martinez I don't know he's probably available in L A somebody like that like yeah, I want your name like Brendan Dillon like Montreal Montreal picking up Scandella was like that's the kind of thing that the Oilers might need but the issue here is that the Oilers don't have very much cap space no, they don't so they can't go out and trade a fourth Absolutely. rounder for Justin Braun or for Brendan Dillon and they have limited assets to spend and right now I, I think the bigger need I do agree because what happened last time the Oilers were in the playoffs they started getting banged up Sekera goes down that game seven against the Ducks were we not dressing Griffin Reinhardt mm-hmm. like it, it was ugly there because shout of the injuries yeah shout out to Big Cat um, Big Cat well voice uh. cat <laughs> oh man, uh, I've been struggling today. That's my shtick. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I agree that a defenseman would help, but it's not the biggest need. And when you have no. limited money and assets, yeah. you need to address bigger needs first. For sure. I, I just think that like a deal like Brendan Dillon, yeah, you're right. He, he makes 3.7, whatever it is right now. You'd have to get the start sharks to eat a bunch of that too. So, so and they're going to get a better deal from or somebody else for that. You don't, or you'd only owe them though, whatever at the halfway point is half a 3.7 you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah oh yeah for sure i just I'd like i agree with you guys that the, the the forward is the is the priority but i i just think i would like to see and i think that holland would do the same thing if it if the opportunity arose is to just get that little bit more depth on d tyler you wrote yesterday in the weekly rumors goes up every thursday on oilersnation.com about the potential russell bonino idea tell the listeners a little bit about what you wrote so uh, the reason I think this deal makes sense is I had Christopher Martell on TSN earlier in the week. He's a host down in Nashville. And he said if there's one move he could see David Poyle making, it's bringing in a defenseman. Ellis is banged up. Fabro's banged up. Um, they're overplaying the hell out of Ekholm and Yossi. And they need someone who can just come in and do nothing but play defense. Um, Chris Russell sort of fits that bill. The Predators don't exactly have a ton of cap space, but what they do have is a handful of NHL centermen. One of them is Nick Benino. Uh, their contracts are essentially identical. Benino's 4.1, Russell is 4. 
Um, I, I think Russell would probably wave to go to Nashville. I, I think that's a pretty nice destination for According any player. According to puckpedia.com, Nashville has 1.9 million in the cap space. Exactly. So if they're going to improve their back end, it, it pretty much has to be a wash, right? Um, and from an Oilers perspective, maybe you don't need Russell. Maybe once Benning's healthy, you can run Benning and Jones and you like the look of that third pairing and you feel like a guy like Benino does more to positively contribute to wins than Russell would. Not saying that Russell's bad. Not saying Russell doesn't contribute to wins or anything like that. I'm not here to slam him. He's but down maybe, to like 11 minutes a game. But though. maybe Nick Benino on your third line helps you a little bit more. Another interesting thing with this, I'm going to go off on a bit of an aside here, but Nick Benino has some interesting ties to the Edmonton area. Um, his wife's from here. He has a lot of family from around here. And actually, the reason I know this is because when I was working at Jersey City back in my youth, it was the year the Penguins won the cup with Nick Benino. Someone called me, I pick up, and they're like, hey, what kind of Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley Cup merchandise do you have? And I was like, well, you know, hats and shirts. And she was like, what about cups? So I dig around. I'm like, yeah, we have like four cups and four mugs and some shot glasses. And this person's like, put them all on hold right now. I'll be right there. Speeds over, whatever, like 10 minutes later, walks in the door. His Nick Benino's wife there to buy a bunch of Stanley Cup stuff for their big party they were having uh, out in Edmonton. Like he celebrated his Stanley Cup win in Edmonton, even though he's an American. Um, so he's got interesting ties to the area. So I think it'd be a cool story if he did end up coming here. And I think he could help the team. And I think the deal I throw out there is actually pretty realistic. I mean, it, it fits in line with kind of, in a way, Holland's done it with the Lucic Neal trade, right? Where they just kind of swap contracts for a player that perhaps fits your team better. Whereas Calgary got the real slim shape. Yeah. The, the, inter- the interesting thing with that though, like I'm just looking at Benino's uh, advanced numbers. They're really good, actually yeah. really good. Like his course, he's close to 52 and his expected goals is like almost 60, but Nashville and Edmonton all of a sudden are kind of in a playoff race against each other for the last wild card spot. If you know, depending what happens in the Pacific division. So come deadline, is it realistic that, the Preds and the Oilers. I think a hockey trade at that, that point yeah, is I a lot more maybe. realistic. Yeah, Everybody like a hockey trade for two teams. I'm like, still I thinking. I don't think Nashville's too concerned with the wild card spot. Um, right now, if they win their game in hand, they are still five back of Colorado. They'd be whatever seven back of Dallas. But I think they're trying to get this figured out to a point where they can win a divisional spot. Right. As as are we. As are we. Yeah. So. We've got the green screen issues happening behind us. Of course, this is a podcast. The two guys in a goalie green screen is attacking. Uh, No, it doesn't attack unless it's your taste buds, Dan, is our friends at skipthedishes.ca. Of course, they've got thousands of options of all different cuisines, whatever you are feeling like for a little snack, no matter what time of day. As long as the restaurants are open, they'll bring it to you. Right? Right. Skipthedishes.ca. I want to go ahead and get to our Arby's Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. Tyler, get your buttons ready. Of course, Arby's doesn't actually sponsor this segment. However, they should because they need help. They're closing and I'm sad about it. I'm sad about it. Maybe if you bought more matzo sticks, Tyler. Yeah, and those things are fucking expensive. If I had matzo sticks every day, I probably could fund a whole Arby's location. <laughs> Hot and cold performers of the week. Of course, we're going to start with the veggies before getting to the dessert. And I'm going to start down at Nicholas Good. Who is your cold performer? Of the week. Well, Tyler, I was going to say, yeah, you're going to help finance the Arby's because they're saving cost of goods on you because they're shorting you a matzo stick every time, right? So you're that was <laughs> bullshit, man. <laughs> um, this is, I think, the obvious moment. I'm going to take it, boys. I'm sorry. Jujar Kara is the cold performer. Five on five, Jujar, though. Penalty kill, Jujar is still great. Sure. Hey, you'll have your turn. Sure. <laughs> Um, rather out of the forwards last night, particularly against Montreal, he's one of the worst uh, players out there numbers wise and eye test wise. Um, it's just it's the same thing. Sloppy giveaways in the defensive and neutral zone. 
Uh, he's kind of, I mean, he, he got a couple points in that New York game, but he's not been on the same heater he was in, uh, in uh, November. Uh, yeah, his five on five course he last night was like 31%. His expected goals was 24%. So Jujar Kara, cold performer of the week. No, I get no buttons. Oh, death cold. Thank you. Sorry. You gotta ask where you gotta was faster at that. He didn't yeah. even know where the, number, oh, the buttons were. Oh, death cold. <laughs> and of course, uh, I'm just trying to find it really quick. Robin Brownlee with a fucking dunk oh, on Jujar last night. Yes. He tweeted out, if Jujar Kara would just go to the dressing room now and take off all his gear, that would be great. So that was Oof. the kind of night Jujar had last night in Montreal. Oof. Rick, who is your cold performer of the week? It's a tough. It's a tough FM week. Voice. It's tough. It's a tough week to pick somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I got it. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna say this is gonna. This is gonna be weird. Oh, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna call out everybody who got so negative after the Oilers had a little so dip. The fans. The cold yeah. performers are the fans. Well, Sweet. probably more the Twitter people. Wow, yeah. everybody's turned off our podcast now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No, hey, listen, everyone's, they shit on this team for fucking no reason so often. They sit there and they'll they'll tear apart fucking Holland for doing whatever. Holland's, you know, we are where we are now. They'll shit on Tippett. <laughs> we are where we are now. But what I'm just saying is that too many people thought that the streak was over and what was happening in December was what this team is. And I think it was just a little slip in the, in the, in the schedule. And this is kind of what we are. So I'm going to say everybody who got on them and said, you know what, that's it. The season's over, blah, 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 blah. Those are the cold performers. Can I, can I, on the yes, info please. sheet I post, can I put the haters yeah, yeah, for sure. You got to use it eight people who listen to this podcast. All I know, Rick, is there's a lot more room on the bandwagon, buddy. Buddy, uh, legs are stretched out. Nation Dan, your Arby's cold performer of the week. Um, it's going to go to a guy who kind of forced the the organization's hands to move him up from the ECHL into the AHL. It's Cameron Hebig. How did he force it? He started the year off in the ECHL. twenty In 20 games, he had 16 points. And since coming up to the AHL again, he only has... One goal and two assists in twelve games. Okay. Okay. I, thought he, I thought he like did something off. His last four games, no, he kind of he, he forced them. <laughs> no, 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 that's fair. That's yeah, yeah Gretzky at gunpoint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, zero zero goals and one assist in his last four games for Cameron Hebig. Cold performer of the week. He bad. Tyler, your cold performer. Zach Cassian. Oh. Man, it's wow. not. It's been a good run for the Edmonton Oilers, but boy, it has not been a good run for Mister Zach oh, Cassian. Okay. Tyler with the radio voice there. Since <laughs> since the calendar flipped to 2020, the Oilers have a record of 3-0-1. In that Whoa. span, they have scored 16 goals, averaging four mm. goals a game. Mm. Zach Cassian, you get prime minutes. You get to play with Connor McDavid. Life's good for you. You just have to play a pretty simple game. You got to get pucks on net. You got to go to the net. He's not really doing a whole heck of a lot. Um, he had the one nice assist against Boston, but apart from that, he does not have a point in 2020, and he is a grand total of two shots on net mm. in 2020. We saw him replaced by Josh Archibald in that last game against Montreal. I wonder if that's going to continue tomorrow night in Calgary because uh, Zach Cassian not looking good as of late. Is this, is this the pregame, pregame pod, for God's sake? Like, <laughs> Perhaps. Tyler, push your own button, man. Yeah, Tyler, come on. Burr, burr, burr. 
Tyler, how's the, how's your uh, preseason prediction of uh, Zach Cassian's thirty goals going? It was looking really good for a while there, um, but I mean, hey, everyone goes through slumps. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He still is on pace for about twenty six. So mm, okay, it'll, four it'll point come down to, to it. Four goal night to end the year, and then maybe it's interesting. <laughs> My Arby's cold performer of the week is Peter Chirelli. I fucking hate you. <laughs> We're still looking for a third line center because you traded Ryan Strom for fucking Spoon. Yeah, apparently he's available out in New York. Okay. I heard. I'm gonna post the graphic of all of our hot and cold performers, and people are gonna look at this and go, Tara, okay, Cassian makes sense. The haters, Peter Shirelli and Cam Hebig. That is a big, big week for the the Colt performers of the week. Go out hooking. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when did I say that? Uh, you said that while we were voicing something for Carl's Jr. You just dropped. Go out hooking. All right. <laughs> and that's going to be your new cold performer sound. So All right. That could be the hot performer sound too. Depends <laughs> Depends how much money you need, I suppose. Uh, hot performer of the week, we're going to get to the dessert because it is mm. tasty and delicious. So we're going to go to Tyler with your Arby's hot performer of the week. Last week I went with one Gaetan Haas, and I'm sticking with the Euro free agent mm. theme, baby. Joachim Nygaard. Have yourself a week. Have yourself a 2020. He's moving his feet well. He's part <laughs> of a deadly combination with Riley Shahan that has been playing some real good possession hockey, giving the Oilers some solid minutes in the bottom six. He's going to score on one of these wraparounds. Just you wait. Um, his puck skills aren't great. I don't think he's going to score very many goals, but he <laughs> will give you good minutes, and he's been giving the Oilers some good minutes as of late. Ha! This is hot. Walking Nygaard. Good for you, Tyler. I like that. You know, he has the same amount of goals and points as Tobias Reeder. How's that? Well, well maybe if he had 12, if he gets 12 or 13, we'll make the playoffs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right, Bobby Nix. Say Nick. Mm-hmm. Hot performer of the week. Well, I'll go with uh, Nygaard's buddy there. I'll go with Riley Sheehan. Uh, we talked about it already. He was one of the better, maybe if not, well, no. Any team that has Carmack David, you can't say that, but one of the better forwards for the Oilers last night against the, the Canadians. Um, he's got, I think, three points since uh, that New York game. So Shahan is kind of really sparking that third line in the depth scoring for us. Uh, something we've been looking for for almost half the season. So Riley Sheehan is... I've heard a lot of people say that like they don't think he's really panned out either, which... He had a cold start. Yeah, he did. Get over it. Yeah, I, think it, yeah, I don't know what their expectations were because yeah. I think he's pretty much right, right where uh, I expected. I'll, I'll, I'll throw someone under the bus who said it. It was it was a Hernan hot take where he said he thinks mm. Riley Sheehan has been a bust. Hernan. Played 16 minutes against Montreal. Mm. Hernan, buddy. Come on. <laughs> come on, Hernan. That's really hot. Hernan is hot. Now, <laughs> Rick, your hot performer of the week. It's going to be two people. No. Yep. I'm going to fucking lose it. not happening. Not <laughs> only is it, it's going to be Kyler Yamamoto. Yeah. I'll give him myself a fucking oh, Cadillac. Oh, I was, I was, I had the balls to say we need to bring him up. No, the kid is no, ready to no, go. Yes, no, yes, yes. Tyler's yes, standing yes, up. Yes. Tyler's standing up. It was not all about his points. I said, you know what? The Burr. guy is out there. He's out there. He's, he's drawing penalties. He's in dangerous areas. He's doing exactly what he's doing right now. I said we should have done it a month earlier. And I still, I stand by that. Which would have been the bad a, call. I still think we'd have a couple more points. If you don't like being in first place, then you can call it a bad call. But we'd be in first place right now. But that kid is coming <laughs> was, here. He's solidified the second line. He's helped. <laughs> 
These help solidify the offense uh, on this team right now. I'm not even arguing with Listen, him. Listen, uh, this I'm right. There's I your hot sound. This, this, podcast, right. this podcast is a lot like wrestling, Rick. I am if you're not, right. If you're not putting yourself right. over in this business, I am nobody's right. going to do it for you, so I appreciate you. Well, I was you. gone last week, so I didn't have a chance to really, really, so I was like, hey, no, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back <laughs> for having the balls come out and say it. And, but thank you, Yam. You've proven me right. Well done. Keep it up. Tyler just left the studio. Tyler's gone. He's gone. We have no producer now. Danger I, Dan. I was actually going to say Rick because, <laughs> because, because, because Rick had been so respectful and not just jumped it down our throats <laughs> that he called Kyler. Yamamoto wow. That tweet has aged well, but yeah, here we are. <laughs> so I'm actually going to go with, I was at uh, another side. I was going to go with Tyler Benson, but he's just been riding the coattails of my actual hop. <laughs> oh, here we Mr. go. AHL. Mr. Brad Malone. <laughs> Through five games this week, Brad Malone has four goals and one assist. Hell yeah. Yes, Tyler Benson had a beautiful back uh, no-look pass. Benson not assist on two of those Malone goals? He did. Yeah, two I'm of them. Checking. Not four of them, because Brad Malone has four <laughs> goals. Yeah, no, just but, two. Half. And I'll give Benson full credit, full marks on his uh, on his assist on one of those passes. It was a no-looker to send Brad Malone the into the yeah, zone. that was nice. All alone. Uh, but Bugsy, as he's known down in Bakersfield, is your hot performer of the week. Bugsy. Bugsy Malone. That was hot. That's hot. Finish off hot performers of the week. I've also got two, Tyler. Yeah. This graphics running I out of room, man. This. All right. So this is real quick. Of course, I'm going to pick Nuge because he's got eight it's points. The graphic. In his, he's got eight points in the last five games. Nuge is fucking red hot. He is on pace for just under 60 points over the course of a full season. And after the horrible start to the year he had, what are you going to say? My boy Nuge, always huge. My second one, real quick, and how could we not say it? I fucking love these. Pekka Rene, goalie goal. Goalie goal. I love a goalie goal. We don't see them very often. Last night, you see him fire it down against Chicago, drains it. The happiness on his face is fantastic. We've seen uh, both Smith and Koskinen try this they've year, right? for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're clearing um, it, but yeah, no, that's on net. They're, they're trying. Yeah, with the empty net, they've been trying to clear it out on net. Um, I think a uh, hot take. I think an Oilers goalie is going to get one oh, this year. Oh, call the goalie. Which goalie? Which goalie? Oh, no. I'm not going to call which goalie. I'm not going to go that Smith, in depth. Though. Could you imagine what happens tomorrow I'm going to say night? Smith. Yeah. Hey, wait. What if it happens tomorrow? Oh, I lose oh. my shit. I lose, yeah, oh. that'd be nuts. I'm oh. throwing my shirt on the ice if that happens. That's a hell of a long throw, sir. Well, I just yeah, a nice little parachute down. I love when a goalie scores a goal because then you get to relive all the other goalie scoring goals because like the AHL teams are tweeting out their videos of goals. Tristan Jari goals. did it last year in Wilkes Barre. So good. Was it a direct goal? Yep. Yeah. Fired at home. I follow some Finnish guy on on Hockey Fights Twitter, and he said that he called Pekarina to say congratulations, and Pekka answered the phone. Yeah. Hey, it's Pekka Solani. Yeah. <laughs> here. That's good. I love goalie goals, so... Pekka Rene, you get my second one. That is my hot performer of the week. It's chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. <laughs> you might just include Tyler Benson in mind, too. No, no. <laughs> No, and you're not, and the Rene one's not going in the graphic. Oh, <laughs> man. And you're, you'll be lucky if I put the himself part in the graphic oh, as well. Unbelievable. You got to just put himself. Don't I'll even just, give No, I'll just take, a, I'll just take, I'll just have a visually picking. Uh, I'll let him uh, fix it nice. up for me. Yeah. Nice. We so are, my photoshops are that complicated that you <laughs> need No, I can't, I can't photoshop. So whatever you do, whatever I wanted to add I to it, Photoshop I can't either. do it. So. You know what? Put Rick on the list too. Yeah. Tyler's looking at me with it anger in his eyes. We are going to record some other stuff, Tyler and I, so we got to wrap up this week's edition of Oilers Nation Radio episode 69. Nice. 
I want to go ahead and thank everybody that's coming down on the trip to Calgary with us tomorrow. It is going to be a great weekend. Really looking forward to it as we always do. Dan, these are great. They're a lot of fun. We meet a lot of really cool people. We abuse our bodies like no one else does. And I'm looking forward to a big, big Oilers win. Thank you as always to Sherwood Ford, the giant and skip the dishes.ca for making this happen. Thank you to Tyler for not murdering us. And thank mm-hmm. you to the rest of the boys for being passionate. Subscribe, download everywhere. Follow ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great weekend, everybody. That is episode 69 is a wrap. Shout out Damien. Playoff 2020. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.